0: Hello, I'm Todd Starnes, lead pastor of Odessa First Assembly, and I'm grateful that you joined us today. I hope and pray that this message will encourage you and bless you. And remember, you can find more information about us at odessafirstassembly.com. God bless you. So this morning may be just a little bit unique, as I said, we've talked about um how the enemy attacks. We've really um, we've talked about the importance of truth, which we're kind of focusing on a little again this morning. Um, we've really we talked about and really the influence. We're talking about that oppression uh, last week, and so this week, I, you know, it's really just a unique thing because um, what I'm going to talk to you about this morning, um, that of, of deliverance, is really not something you hear preached on all that often, or at least in, in my experience in my lifetime, and so. Uh, and so it may be unique for you, uh, I don't know, I don't know your knowledge base or experience, but uh, it's going to get real, are you ready? Um, so here's just a few things to get our feet wet, so number one is this, God wants us to understand the reality of our folk, and that's, I, I've been hammering that every single week really. But I, I don't think I can emphasize it enough because all these different aspects that we're, we're talking about our enemy, about Satan and about the principalities and powers and all those types of things, listen, I'm, i I... <laughs> It's real, <laughs> and we really need to see that and understand that, because I want to talk about friend in a few moments of just myths that the modern church tends to believe, but we need to understand the reality of our foe. I mean, Ephesians 6.12, we have said it over and over, week after week, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, and against, uh, but against the rulers and the authorities, against cosmic powers of this present darkness, spiritual against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. John eight forty four it tells us, it, of course, he's, Jesus is speaking to uh, the Pharisees, the, you know, the, uh, uh, the religious of the day, but he says, You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. But here's where he gives a description of the enemy. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth. So where, so where does the enemy not stand? Where does the enemy not stand? And he doesn't stand in truth. What's the front line of, of spiritual warfare? It is over truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he's a liar and the father of lies. We need to understand the reality. And hopefully we've kind of really um, broke that apart over the last five weeks. His schemes, his tactics, his His strategies. Um, listen, I, we had talked a couple of weeks ago about that, the, that Satan, he can appear as, a, as you know, an angel of light. There's such deception in the enemy. And listen to me, there are solid denominations of our Christian faith. It, it's amazing to me that they believe in the power of the enemy and even possession and oppression of the enemy but yet don't believe in the possession of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you, if a demonic power can possess somebody, so can the Spirit of God. And where the Spirit of God is, the enemy cannot dwell. And I'm not trying to take a shot or anything like that. That's not my goal or my point, but listen to me. Light and darkness cannot dwell together. We need to be a people that is full of the Spirit of God. Number two, God wants us to understand that we are no longer held in bondage by our foe. If there is one tactic of the enemy, it is to convince us through his lies that that we that he has us right that he has us in some form capacity or fashion some kind of bondage but you need to know that Christ has set you free he has set us free the bible tells us in colossians 1:13 he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us unto his kingdom of his beloved son God wants you to understand that you no longer are held in bondage. I mean, I know that some of you, you hear that, that voice in it of just, a, a, you know, you're a failure. You know, you'll, you'll never succeed. You'll, um, you're worthless. Nobody likes you. You know, these, this, this voice that runs around in our mind and our heart that is a lie of the enemy, and it's not who you are in Christ. Number three, God wants us to respond in faith and not fear. God wants us to respond in faith and not fear. And so here's kind of maybe, it's, you know, uh, I don't know, I guess it may help kind of get real. Uh, We know that uh, you guys have heard the sermons before that, you know, the opposite of faith is fear. And, of course, the opposite of fear is faith. And where the enemy likes to operate is in a place of fear. Because fear, just like faith, faith can mold us. And so can fear matter of fact many times i mean we conform to our fears in many ways and it really has dominant impact upon our life we can have the fear of failure or the fear of rejection and a lot of a lot of us sometimes in a battle through those things that that is a that is a scheme a strategy of the enemy. Uh, there's, a, there's a promise that I had to hold on to for years uh, before I really I saw freedom in my life. But the Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear. What does perfect love do? It casts out all fear. What is the root of that fear? The root of that fear that Scripture talks about, it has to do with punishment. And that's a work of the enemy saying that uh, uh, y- you're not living for God. You're just... You're so sinful, you can't do it right. You're always going to mess up. Is anybody in the house this morning? But the Bible says, write a simple promise that we know, for God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. Luke 10, 19, we've kind of talked about this many times. He says, behold, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you." And so listen to me, I'm I'm talking, I'm trying to balance this because I know, I don't know, well, I don't know what's going through your mind, but I can maybe imagine, I'm not telling you this morning that, you know, all of you, you know, should be casting devils out on the daily. That's not my purpose, that's not what I'm saying, but hopefully, maybe the Spirit of God can stir something in you and you can bring some understanding, because you see, I'm going to tell you, I have faced head-on those who have been possessed. And in every one of those encounters that I've encountered somebody that has been possessed by demonic spirits, they always react in a way to strike fear. Why? Because if they can gain that ground in fear, they're used to winning that battle. But see, we, are not, we have not, not been given a spirit of fear, have we? And so, I mean, that, and I believe when you look even through Scripture, you see so many accounts in Scripture of Jesus having specific encounters with people who were possessed, and, uh, and then what we call manifesting in a certain way. I mean, we read about people, I mean, you know, God breaking chains and running through cemeteries naked and all this, you know, kind of things. And that manifestation is meant to strike fear. But, even, but that's just the way the enemy works across the board, Period. I mean, it's not just about possession, but listen to me. I do want to say this, and I want to, because I've had conversations with some of you, and I want to say something very directly right now, because, see, maybe this is going to kind of, a light bulb going to go off for some of you. I've had conversations where maybe there's been a vision, or you thought a a passed-on loved one was in a room, or sitting in a chair, or, or a thing of that nature. You need to know something that the Bible says at a point for every man to die and then the judgment. And there's no coming back from that point. And so if you've had an encounter like that, the reason you've had an encounter is really for one of two reasons. One, there is something uh, happening mentally and, and emotionally, possibly, that's uh, that you're seeing that, or it is a familiar spirit, and you really need to be aware of that. Your our love. I mean, you can look at the story of uh, Lazarus, you know, and and his, and, and uh, you know, one guy went to hell and one guy went to heaven, and the guy that went to hell was like, you know, warn my brothers, and he's like, you know, we that's not the way that it works. because once you've crossed that chasm, there's no going back. Encounter. I, I remember so many times uh you know I was talking about last week of of uh, this young lady that uh, you the deacon had a word of knowledge and and uh, uh <laughs> you know uh, so I'm I'm just going to tell you, deacons if you get a word like that you you can take care of yourself too but uh <laughs> But he came to me, he said, there was this young lady, he says, if you'll go to her, God will set her free. And I was like, okay. So not knowing any, any of the better, um, <laughs> you know, I just went over to her and she was on the floor and I got down the floor. And, and so I was going to tell her, hey, come up front, we're going to pray for you. And she looked up and started growling at me. And that was a, 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 a sign to me that that was not God. <laughs> and uh, but brought her up immediately. But the re- that manifestation was to, to strike that fear. And I could tell you encounter after encounter after encounter of those very things. Um, but listen to me. Jesus delivered people from demonic possession. We see it all through Scripture, right? All through the New Testament. In one instance that, I mean, there's these specific stories, but I want to look at Mark chapter 1 and verse 27, and he says this, uh, They were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this, a new teaching with authority? He commands even unclean spirits, and they obey him, verse 28, and that that once his fame spread ever throughout all surrounding Uh, Of Galilee in verse 39 it says, And he went throughout all of Galilee, preaching in their synagogues, and what? Casting out demons. Jesus did it. Right? And aren't we, I mean, we've got to be grateful for that. I mean, that that is God's stamp of the kingdom of God being established. What establishes the kingdom of God? It's deliverance. It's salvation. It's healing. It's people being reconciled with the Father. That was what constitutes the kingdom of God. And Jesus was making his mark. But here's a thing that I think in our modern day church we have a difficult time processing. Jesus said we would deliver people from demonic possession. In Matthew chapter 10 verses 7 and 8. And proclaim as you go saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse the lepers. Cast out demons. You have received without paying give without pay oh but that's to the disciples i mean some would say that that's that scripture jesus was talking to the disciples well how about in luke chapter 10 who weren't the disciples the 12 as we know them but in luke 10 1 we see that he appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him two by two in every town and place where himself was about to go we pick up in verse 17 so he sent these men these people out in verse 17, the seventy-two returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions. That's where that verse, 1019, Luke 1019, over the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. But nevertheless, do not rejoice of this. The this, this spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. See, the, see, so many people, I, I, you know, especially some, I was telling some yesterday, we were having a conversation, and uh, when I was a youth pastor, I had these uh, group of zealous kids, this was years ago, and, uh, the, and so they had heard about um, a house in town being haunted, so they were going to go and anoint that house and deliver the house, and, uh, that's not how it works, <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, that, and, and so I know there's there's all kinds of fringe thoughts and interpretation of what's going on right now. But listen, I want you to know the reality of the enemy. I want you to know that he is real. And so what we need, we need discernment. We need spiritual discernment. And so, I, uh, Tony, what I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of I'm gonna do the scripture first, then the kind of the sub point there. We need spiritual discernment. First John four one says, "Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit to see whether they are from God." We have to have a level of discernment. Listen, whenever you are encountering people of God or church or I mean anywhere, does it line up with accurate teaching of? There's all kinds of teaching about Scripture, but what we need is the accurate division of truth. Do you hear me this morning? And so whenever, because remember, that's where that front line is. It's the battle over truth. And so if there's a place where the enemy is going to blur, it's going to be where? It's going to be over truth. Does it line up with accurate teaching of Scripture? Listen, we need those who have the gift of distinguishing between spirits as much as, and I, I felt so passionate about that, I put it in your notes, as much as tongues and interpretation. Listen, we are a Pentecostal church and I want, and we all need to have the desire to see the nine gifts, special gifts of the Holy Spirit in operation. Remember the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, 11, as the Spirit wills, as He directs, these gifts in operation of, 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 of gifts of prophecy and tongues interpretation and and uh, words of knowledge and wisdom and miraculous miracles and the gift of faith. But listen, one of those in 1 Corinthians twelve, ten, is the distinguishing between spirits. We need people with the gift of discernment to rise up in our churches, especially now. And do you know why now more than ever? Because we are living in a day that Jesus told us that we were gonna be surrounded by false teachers and false prophets and antichrist spirits. We've got to have that discernment. I'm going to tell you, I, I, I've been grateful to, uh, um, you know, one time, I, like I said, I, I, I could tell you many stories of deliverances and, and seeing people delivered from demonic spirits, but I could tell you some other stories, too. I could tell you about one time where we were at a, at a service and, man, God is working and doing something and... And uh, a leader came over to me. He, had, he knew that I had been involved in some deliverances. And he said, hey, he said, uh, Todd, would you come here? He's like, I think we have a possession over here. Would you kind of come over here and check out what's going on? I'm like, yeah, sure, you know. And so I go over and, I you know, I just take a moment and I pray. I pray in the spirit. I'm like, okay, God, give me direction and I pick up on something really quick. And so these guys, I mean, man, they got this kid pinned down, and they got some on each arm, and, man, they're screaming at him and, you know, casting devils out and all this kind of stuff. But there was a big problem. What I was discerning was was the kid wasn't possessed. And, I'm, and, and when you're, you kind of have that feeling in your heart and you see what's going on and there's a contradiction, and so finally there was kind of a window I was like, hey, guys, let me step in just, just for a second. And so I get down by this kid, and I'm like, dude, I'm like, what's going on? He's like, I can't breathe. <laughs> that is simply, so, I mean, for whatever reason, discern that he was possessed when he wasn't. How tragic. How tragic. There was another time, there was this the altered time going on, and um, these guys, they, you know, ha, you, know the, you know, man, you know, <laughs> trying to cast devils out. But I, I man, I tell say the Holy Spirit just spoke to my heart and said, he's faking. And so I got down in that kid's ear. This was at youth camp. I got down on the floor and I said, dude, I know you're faking. I said, are you faking? And he said, yeah, I'm, I'm faking. And I was like, you know what scares me about that is that you're opening a door. I was like, I would suggest you get saved right now. I said, Do you? and he just broke, started crying. He's like, I want to get saved, and and I led him in the Lord, and he got filled. I mean, it's almost instantly got filled in the Holy Spirit, and God did a really big work right there. We need that discernment. Um, the Bible tells us, listen, that uh, first. Uh, uh, Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Listen to me. I know there's a lot of people that, you know, they, I, I've heard through the years a lot of people say, well, I've got discernment. Listen, love and knowledge, love, listen, love and knowledge is, a, is two crucial ingredients to discernment because if you don't have love and knowledge you're a jerk come on now <laughs> see i you know when i the example to me is really jesus you know jesus i mean you look through scripture about him knowing men's hearts i mean there's so many encounters where jesus was in simon's house or, or somewhere and you'll read these words he, Jesus knew in their hearts. Jesus knew what they intended in their heart. You'll see phrases like that. There was nobody more discerning, right, than Jesus? And yet, but Jesus said some pretty forceful things to the religious of the day, didn't he? Do you know, what, you know how Jesus, because that came from the root of love. He knew, Jesus knew he was going to lay his life down for everybody. And so a litmus test, a, a filter Whether or not you're operating in judgmentalism or discernment is how much do you love them? Well, this is good preaching right now. I mean, we talk about speaking truth and love, but really sometimes we just want to speak truth because we think we're right. And really what we need is grace and love and the knowledge of how to use our words. I know this may not be the amen in sermon, but I, I'm hoping this helps you. I really do. Um, so, yeah, the love and knowledge is a crucial ingredient. Uh, <laughs> ideas that keep Christians blinded. I want to go through a list very quickly. I'm going to do this very quick. So I, I think sometimes the reason why we have a there's, there, some have a hard time hearing this is that we as a nation, we as a culture here in the States, I mean, compared to so many other nations, um, we're, we're kind of an unspiritual people. But when you talk with those from uh, some of those in our church, from Nigeria or Cameroon or Kenya or Rwanda or many other places, and, and, the, and the direct contact they have with witch doctors and, and spiritual things going on, uh, we, have just, we have just been kind of educated We of just kind of being really hard in our discernment. You can think it's weird or not, but what I mean, when our kids are growing up, we did not tell our children there was no boogeyman. We did not say that because of familiar spirits, because the enemy wants to strike fear. What we would tell our kids when they came in and thought there was the guy in the closet or the guy under the bed, you know, of course we showed them, see, there's nobody here. I mean, we were practical. But the other part of that is to say, is to tell them, When you have that sensation, when you have that feeling, that's when you call on Jesus. That's when you call. And if it's been a while since you felt that sensation, come up here with me about 2 o'clock in the morning with all the lights out and see how you feel. I don't know what it, I'm going to tell you, this is God's house, but there is something creepy about a church at 2 o'clock in the morning. Sorry, I digress. So number one is this, ideas that keep Christians blinded, number one demons were active when Christ was on earth but their activity has subsided i'm going if it's if it's if anything is a the truth they have ramped it up number 2 what the early church called demonic activity we now understand to be mental illness now listen to me do i believe there is mental illness absolutely that you know, you we see doctors and, and even seek medication. I think that is okay. But do I also believe that there's some people being medicated that need delivered? Yes, I do. Do I believe that there's people that are in both categories? Absolutely, yes, I do. We cannot educate it away as just that. We should not be surprised when secular psychologists limited to a natural worldview, attempt to offer a natural um, uh, explanations to mental problems listen to me many times the, the demonic experience will manifest in a way of mental illness it can be one it can be the other but it can be both number three is this here's a, here's a myth that I hear all the time is that Christians cannot be affected by demons. Listen, as a believer, a child of God, and the ownership upon you was sealed. Ephesians 1.14, we have been sealed with the Spirit of God as a deposit of an inheritance yet to come. I mean, you are God's child. You cannot be possessed by another spirit but the Spirit of God. I mean, I could, I, I could do a sermon just on that and go through the Scripture, but I want to tell you, as a believer, you can be influenced. That's like what we talked about last week. You can be influenced. Listen, um, number four is this: demonic influence is only evident by gross sin. Demonic evidence influences only. That's another myth. that, that is not the case. I mean, it doesn't take just the, the extreme things that we, as the church, kind of put in air quotes about sin. Listen, as it says, in, I said number four: demonic influence. It it can, they can have. They can be an influencer in our life if we open that door. Number five, freedom from spiritual bondage is only a power encounter. Listen, it is a power encounter, but it's also a truth encounter. And if there's something I've, hopefully, that I've laid the groundwork for, it is just that I'm going to tell you, I don't know how many times I have been uh, uh, seen. you know, people, uh, actual deliverance taking place. And we, as, it's mostly kind of a charismatic Pentecostal thing, but i I, I i said that i say this sometimes kind of often but i just going to say it again um volume does not dictate the anointing just because somebody gets loud doesn't mean it's anointed it mean it, it can mean it's annoying but uh, and i know i get amped up I'm, I'm a preacher i am i know that i do and i've had people ask me why were you yelling at me i said because i'm That's a preacher that's what i do i yell but volume, it does not dictate anointing. But what will break the power of bondage, what will break those chains is the power of God because of the truth of God. Matter of fact, let's just do that really quick. Can we just go through some truth scriptures? And, and we're coming in for a landing really quick right here. But I mean, when you look at the power, the the, the progression of even these scriptures in the Bible, we I said it before, John 8:32. You should know the truth, and the truth will set you free. John 14, 6, I am the way, who is? Jesus, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Excuse me, John 16, 13, when he, the spirit of truth, comes, who is that? That is the Holy Spirit who's been given to us as a helper, as an advocate, He will guide you where? Into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but whatever he hears, and he will declare to you things that come. John 17, 15, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. He goes on to say in verse 17, sanctify them and the truth, the word is truth. Ephesians 6.14, stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true is what we meditate upon. Why do we see all that the way through Scripture? Because God is letting us know if you'll just stand in the truth, if you'll just stand on the truth, you got this. And the last thing I want to talk about this morning is this is close open doors. Close open doors. Listen to me. You guys know that I'm not I'm not normally, maybe on occasion, but not normally, not not one that does it all the time. I don't, I don't stand up on, I feel like a soapbox and preach about a lot of the do's and the don'ts and point those things out, but listen to me. There are things as believers that you just don't mess with. You don't mess with astral projection and out-of-body experience. You don't mess with Ouija boards. You don't mess with light as a feather, stiff as a board. You don't mess with table lifting. You don't mess with spells and curses. You you understand there's no differentiation between black magic and white magic. Come on, somebody. You don't mess with fortune-telling, palm-reading, divination, horoscopes, tarot cards, witchcraft, sorcery, Satanism, palm reading, astrology, seances, blood packs, objects of worships, crystals, good luck, charms, superstitions, false religions, occultic or violent video games or movies. Do you hear me this morning? So many times what happens, what the enemy will do is he'll bring an article of affection into your life. And that article of affection affection will be a doorway for his influence upon your life. Those are the things we justify so many times. Oh, there's really, there's nothing wrong with looking at the paper or Googling my my sign. Well, maybe not a couple of times done innocently, but when you you keep going back and you keep going back and you keep going back, You know what begins to happen? That gains power over your life. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that this message was an encouragement to you. Remember, you can find more about us at OdessaFirstAssembly.com and also across the social media platforms. It is our prayer that God blesses you, keeps you, sustains you, And if you're ever in the area of the Permian Basin, come and join us at Odessa First Assembly. God bless you.